What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to Off the Chain, simply the best podcast in crypto. Let's kick this thing off. Mike Slay is a military veteran and the founder and CEO of Shift.org, a company powering successful career shifts for military veterans. In this conversation, we discuss how Shift is disrupting the job market why the VA and Department of Defense are so excited about this company, what trends Mike is seeing in job seekers, where the level of interest in cryptocurrency is for military veterans, and how veterans are uniquely positioned to be successful in a corporate environment. This conversation is really special to me, and I'm a huge fan of the work that Mike is doing. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Skirt, skirt! Want to know who has the best URL? Crypto.com. That's right, crypto.com. They're a crypto platform with one goal, mother in mass adoption. That's why we're all here. We're trying to get crypto in every wallet. Crypto.com is helping people do that through buying, earning, lending, and card payment. Everything you could want at crypto.com. Go help your boy out. Tell him Pomp sent you. Download the app or visit crypto.com. Pomp's got you always. Ever wanted to get into mining and didn't know how? Don't worry, your boy Pomp's got you. Everybody got some electricity and Wi-Fi. All you got to do is go to coinmine.com. You buy a coin mine. It's like an Xbox or a PlayStation that helps you turn your electricity into Bitcoin. That's right. You purchase it. It shows up at your doorstep. You pull it out of the box. You plug it in, connect to your Wi-Fi. Five minutes or less, you're mining Bitcoin. All you have to do is control it from the mobile app they provide, and then you receive over-the-air updates that add new coins and new features on a consistent basis. Kind of like how Tesla does over-the-air updates and updates the car software. Just your update in your coin mine. Consumer mining made easy. That's right. Go to coinmine.com, tell them Pomp set you, and thank me later. Anthony Pompliano is a partner at Morgan Creek Digital. All opinions expressed by Pomp or his guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Morgan Creek Digital or Morgan Creek Capital Management. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, guys, bang, bang. I am here with uh, Mike. Um, I'm super excited about this episode. Uh, It's a little bit different than uh, anything I've done previously in that um, Mike is running a a company uh, focused on the military veteran space. Uh, As many of you know, um, I served in uh, the U.S. Army. Uh, Mike and I have known each other for a while. Um, uh, Jason and I actually invested in uh, in Mike's company, Shift. And so I wanted him to come on, uh, talk a little bit about the company, what he's doing, with military veterans, uh, some of the benefits that they bring to a work uh, places, and then also talk about uh, the overlap in interest that even military veterans have in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. So, uh, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, come in and do this. Thanks, Pop. <laughs> Great to be back together in person. It's been a long road uh, for both of us over the last few years. <laughs> I, I, uh, I originally met Mike uh, when I was working at Facebook, and uh, and I've seen uh, kind of from everything from uh, when he was in the military to uh, to today. And uh, it's pretty cool to uh, watch. But um, let's just start with your background and uh, how you eventually got to uh, building Shift. Sure. Uh, so Shift's a career change company for military vets. Uh, started this company after serving in the Navy for seven years. I was a bomb disposal officer, so or an explosive ordnance disposal officer, somebody who's basically 
like a technical expert and helps small teams and big teams and even foreign countries uh, uh, be safe around explosive devices. Um, like basically pretty dangerous. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, uh, you know, I guess a good, pretty decent preparation for running a, an early stage <laughs> venture back startup. So when I was in Iraq, we uh, one of our jobs was to go and do something called uh, route clearance, which is we would drive down the streets and we would look for roadside bombs and ambushes. And uh, if we found a roadside bomb, we were told to not touch them uh, and instead call something called EOD or Explosive Ordnance Disposal, which was a team that Mike would be uh, in. And they would come out with their bomb suits and their robots and all this stuff and uh, try to either uh, blow up the bomb or uh, defuse the bomb. And uh, I will tell you one funny story. Is that <laughs> one point in Iraq, uh, it would um, the EOD was so stretched in terms of oh, they yeah. had to go from one site to another site to another site. That I know it was coming here. <laughs> two, two or three <laughs> yeah. hours, oh, yeah. right? And so literally we would be told, uh, I'm not telling you to uh, not call them, but what I'm telling you is that I bet if you run it over, if it doesn't explode, it's not a bomb. Oh man, <laughs> not advisable. <laughs> yeah, definitely not a good advice, but uh, that was uh, you know, a, a huge thing. So I always laugh about like how, how bad would it have sucked to sit in the sun, mm. right? Wait two or three hours for them to start telling us that. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, but, but I, I definitely did not envy the, the folks who would go and poke the bomb and uh, see what would happen. I mean, for me, it was like, you know, it was this incredible community of folks where um, problem solving and critical thinking and being able to think through multiple situations in parallel was like of the utmost value. Yep. And I was going through the Army's Airborne School uh, (laughs) as a cadet, which is like lower on the rank than a private. um, And I remember there's a Navy EOD team that was going through the Army Jump School training at the same time. And and that was was really the first time that I met folks from the community. And it was just, it just felt like family. It Mm -hmm. felt totally different. Um, So on my side, you know, these were, you know, the... You know, had an interest in technology, had an interest in building companies and working on, you know, side projects and apps and stuff like that. And like, for me, I was, these were like the exact type of people that you wanted on your side, solving problems, working through challenges. Um, but for me specifically, um, you know, it was like when I was separated from the Navy, like everybody else, there's, it surprises people, there's 250,000 people who separate from military service every single year. Um, So like everybody else, I just want to know what was possible. Mm -hmm. You want to know how like those specific and sometimes very unique uh, experiences translate, uh, which of of your military skills are going to be of value to a future employer. Well, I think part of what you're describing is, you know, I was lucky in that um, the service that I did was in uh, the reserves, right? And then I did a f- active deployment. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had, uh, I was building a civilian career while also serving in the military. Most military veterans don't have that benefit. So they're there 100% of the time. That's the only thing they know. It's the only thing they're focused on. And so when they leave that service, they have nothing else other than their military skills to fall back on. And, you know, if you take an EOD member, you could take apart bombs, <laughs> right? <laughs> Frankly, you've got 
more courage than, than is uh, advised for many people. <laughs> and uh, so you look around and you say, well, like, where in the civilian sector can I go ahead and take apart bombs, right? Like, that's the natural reaction. And it's like, okay, I could go work at a police department. I could work at a defense contractor. Like, that's where most of these people go. But what they don't realize is a lot of the soft skills, the team leading, the, you know, the um, other skills that they've acquired – there's tons of value there that can be translated into other jobs. That's, I think, what you guys are working on now. Totally. And so I'll, I'll, maybe we'll go into this a little bit later, but it's like there's, there's so many jobs in the workforce today that you know, they didn't even exist like 20 years ago, right? And so many of these jobs don't like, you know, there's, the path to get into them is not through going to college and getting a specific degree in it. So whether it's account management or customer success, operations management, project management, sales, uh, these types of roles required to be uh, somebody who does what they say they're going to do, <laughs> plays nicely with other people, are accountable uh, both to themselves and to project timelines and budgets. So there's just these big chunks of the workforce that are highly relevant to folks that have four to eight or more years of professional work experience. They've been accountable to a boss. They've had their own KPIs, which called something different in the military, of course, but that's a, that's a valuable thing. And so like the real thing that's missing for the majority of vets when they separate from service isn't necessarily a bunch of, you know, hard skills they have to go and acquire unless they've got, you know, want to go be a software engineer or something like that. But it's just a little bit of domain expertise and a bunch, a bunch of industry specific context. Like you have to be able to almost have be able to have this conversation amongst peers with mm -hmm. the people in an industry that you want to break into. And so how do you get that? Uh, that's a little bit of what we're working on uh, at Shift. And so describe uh, what exactly you're doing at Shift. And, and for those that don't know, uh, Mike runs a company that, um, you know, I, I would say, I'll say this, I don't think you'd say this, but it's a classic Silicon Valley company in that um, they have... Uh, had an idea, started to show some traction to it, uh, went out, raised capital, um, and uh, from many names that you guys would all know, uh, including Andreessen Horowitz, et cetera, uh, and they're now in kind of the scaling phase of, okay, we've got the model, we, we are seeing it work, how do we kind of uh, hit the inflection point and, uh, and go from uh, a small company with interesting ideas and a little bit of traction to a very large company that's uh, you know, very, very valuable. Um, but maybe describe kind of what you guys are doing exactly, and then we can get into some of the nuances. Sure. So I guess picture this. Uh, you're trying to figure out what you're going to do next, and you're trying to figure out what's possible. Um, and like this is a story that I think a lot of folks with military backgrounds would, would resonate with, or I guess maybe get like a shudder at the thought or flashbacks to, but you go into some big aircraft hangar um, base, and it's a job expo targeted at vets, and there's a bunch of companies, you know, very well-intentioned, sitting around tables, and they're telling you what their company is like, and they're, they're, they're saying, this is what our culture feels like, and this is how you can progress, and this is what matters to our organization. And, I mean, <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, like, you don't actually think you're getting the full story, right? And this is probably, like, the most anxiety-ridden life decision you feel like you're ever going to make. Yep. Because it's not just where you're going to go work, it work in terms of job, but it's also you might be moving to a new city, mm. you don't know anybody there, the yep. whole thing. Yep. Yeah, and it's, you know, and opportunities in the outside world 
and it probably very similarly to how people you know who don't have a ton of exposure to the military feel and it just looks like a speeding train that, that's flying by and if you're going to make the best decision for yourself the best decision for your unique life circumstances maybe for your family like what, the first thing that you want to do is to get inside you want to you know everything like the, the important stuff like understanding what a culture uh, inside of an organization actually is is it a fit how does an organization function? Which types of people are successful? How does progression work? Then even like, you know, it, it may sound silly, but you know, just getting inside and like seeing how fast people are walking around. See, are they moving with a purpose? You know, what is the, what's the vibe? Mm -hmm. uh, some of those softest skits. It's like the water are, cooler talk, that's right? That's right, man. You know, are, 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 are people showing up in the kitchen and they're like, you know, Johnny just did this and Mary yeah. just did this and yeah. they're all talking shit about each other? Or is, is are it they boring? Like, yeah, is it boring? Or, or even better, is it like these people are pumped to be here. They feel like they're, you know, working on something that's going to change the world and it's something I want to be a part of. Exactly. So can't get that from the brochure. <laughs> no. Or my favorite example about the job expos is uh, those people are literally being paid by the company to stand there and say that. Right. right? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like it is the most biased yeah. view of the company possible. And it's no secret either. Like we all, we all know what's going on. Uh, so what we did uh, at the beginning of last year uh, was start a fellowship program. And it allows active duty service members to leave base, travel to the city where they want to live after the military, start working in a corporate environment during their last three months of active duty service. Mm -hmm. So I'm still in the military. I've got three months left and I get the opportunity to go do this. And uh, I think the big kicker is, and the military continues to pay my salary. Military still pays your full salary and benefits. Yep. And we can get into more of the nuts and bolts later, but how we've been able to expand access to this program for everybody in the military, you know, not just the folks who are you know, making more money than others, but maybe folks who are uh, earlier in their careers or they're still living in the barracks. Well, actually, when service members go to big, major metropolitan job markets like New York City, uh, we'll reimburse them for some of the housing costs that might mm -hmm. be extra. And so you, you'd be surprised that, you know, just like six, seven, eight hundred bucks a month, can make all the difference in somebody being able to participate in yep. something that might literally change the course of their career trajectory or yep. not being able to, and, and, you know, having to stay home and sit it out. Well, and it's crazy too that um, I think for most people who go the, what I'll call the quote-unquote traditional route, so you kind of you know go to high school, go to college, get a degree, get a job. Um, it's a very kind of straightforward path, and also uh, there's much more infrastructure, advice, and support along the way than you probably realize. Mm -hmm. uh, and then on top of that. Um, there's uh, a group of other people who are doing it with you, mm. right? So it's kind of like, hey, I'm a senior in college. My entire grade's going to graduate. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. Everyone's right. thinking about the same challenges. Yeah, Everyone is sharing the same, the same things. When it comes to the military, you may be in a unit and you're the only person who's about to leave. Yep. So you don't even have other people to talk to about it. And it's not like there's somebody who's sitting right next to you who has done it before either. Right. Right. Because they're not going to do it for another six months or two years or maybe you know 20 years. And so I think it's just the lack of information, the lack of support, and then frankly, the lack of uh, like true advice, right? So mm. I think of information just like, what are the facts? Right. But then there's like, hey, you might wanna live in this area versus that area, or hey, this type of company has certain you know future prospects versus this, or hey, you're negotiating your salary. Like, right. here's some things to think about. Yeah. They just don't know this stuff. They don't, they don't know the stuff, and uh, you know, I, I, 
I, I say this uh, from the best place possible. The, the people to ask for advice you know, is not not necessarily the person who's been in the military for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you want to talk to that that person who's you know one year ahead of you or two years ahead of you on that path that you want yep. to take. But sometimes it's like you don't even know who those people are yet. Yep. And you definitely don't have access to them if you're sitting on a big military installation in rural Georgia or you know rural Oklahoma. You know, how do you find your people? Yep. And how do you find your path? Well, and, and so when you first told me about what you were going to do, the, the way that you pitched it to me was, look, we're going to help these military veterans essentially get an internship, mm-hmm. right, to some degree. That's so it's right. like a three-month yeah. three internship at major corporations, including or companies that you want to share? Yeah, yeah. I'm working with Major League Baseball, WeWork, Palantir, uh, media agencies like the Publicis Group and, and some of their subsidiaries. So these are uh, these are a lot of these companies are not like the typical companies that it's not a bakery shop on the street. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's when necessarily think like, oh, I'm not qualified to go do that. Yep. Or, you know, you know, working at a tech company, I don't code. Yep. Right. So, that, you know, how, you know, there's no place for me. There's, there's that information gap with understanding that like big chunks of these companies, you need people that can manage projects and get things done on time and under budget. Yeah. So basically for this three month internship for all intents and purposes, they get to go to companies that a lot of people would like jobs at, right? They're super successful, well-known companies. Uh, and while they're there, the military is paying their salaries. So the company has no uh, ex- exposure to having to pay their uh, salaries. And the veteran is getting exposure to this is what this company is like, right? It's not off a of brochures. Like I'm actually there every day. Mm-hmm. I get to see what the company is like, what the job is like. I get to meet people. I get to uh, really indoctrinate myself into this culture. Uh, and then from the company's perspective, they're trying before they buy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? They get three months kind of quote unquote risk free. That's right. Right. To see is this person actually good at this job? Is this someone who can help our team? All these things. And at the end of the three months, basically the company makes a decision. We're either going to hire them or we're not. It's important because the person is transitioning out of the military at that point. So it's either they've got a job or they got to go find a job. Uh, and then the part that I love about it is uh, Shift, the company, um, gets paid by the new employer when they hire somebody. So if you guys do your job, put the right veteran into uh, these companies and the company likes them, you get paid on like a recruiting type basis. But the veteran just found a job without having to go through all the traditional channels and they are sure that that's the job they want because they just worked there for three months kind of risk-free. Yeah, I mean, retention is something that I think is, is certainly part of the conversation now with companies that have been making this really strong commitment to military hiring. It's really important to them mm-hmm. or they, they see a lot of the you know untapped potential of the talent that everybody mm-hmm. else is missing out on. Uh, but you know, one of the challenges that these companies are facing now that are you know relatively further along on their veteran hiring initiatives or or journey is just that you know it's it's kind of hard to retain vets if that fit isn't perfect mm-hmm. or if they did land in the wrong culture fit. And so if you get somebody who arrives. Uh, understands what the road ahead looks like. They've already worked in teams and on the same projects, the the exact same stuff that they're going to be doing when they convert and be a full-time teammate. That's a person that's going to stick around. Uh, That's a person that already knows what they're getting into. And I think that's, you know, for anybody out there who's executed a career change in the past, you know, this, this is like, you know, you, you would love to have something like this and make sure that the decision you're making is correct. Why does the military like this? 
like to me, it's very obvious why the veteran would like it. Right, you're gonna help me find a job. Okay, no brainer. It's great from the company perspective in that uh, I get to basically try before I buy. Right, so I get somebody that I that I really know is gonna do a good job. Uh, but why the military? Like, like, what's their kind of incentive? Yeah, well, let me let me. Do, I gotta say one more thing about the vests. I mean, imagine like you you get to leave base, travel to the city where you want to live, start to build a network, find your people understand exactly which part of an organization you're going to be best suited to thrive in get all of that sort of like first few months awkwardness on the job thing that everybody goes through out of the way while you're still in this intern active duty status uh, and then you really start getting traction you start being you know feeling like you're a full-time contributor and you're moving the ball downfield and then you start your first day on the job. That's that's that is like a, that's like almost too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's absolutely like the situation that I wanted to find myself in when I was separating from, mm-hmm. from the military service. But uh, for the military, for the DoD, um, you know, this is a thing where uh, a, a, a big chunk of vets when they separate from service. You know, they want to land in a big city. They want to land in a major metropolitan job market. And a lot of these markets, like New York or San Francisco um, and, and other huge cities in America, don't have a huge military presence nearby. Mm-hmm. And so no matter who you are, like you know, veteran, not veteran, you know, preconceived notions about what you can do or not mm-hmm. do, like if you want to live in New York City, it's pretty hard to get a job if you're sitting on base <laughs> in Oklahoma. In Oklahoma, like, and, and and you've got all of these folks that, like, as a country, we've invested tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars each in their leadership development, professional development, communication skills, ability to work in teams. And a lot of these big markets with huge employers are missing out mm-hmm. uh, because they don't have a strong exposure to military communities. And so if you look at some of the studies uh, that the USC Marshall School did around vets who land in big cities, it's like 80% of people who want to live in a big city and uh, <laughs> arrive in that city without a full-time job offer in hand. What wow. sort of decision are you going to make for yourself if your personal runways going down to zero, uh, you're in an expensive city because you know either... This is where your family wants to live or this is where you want to live. Um, and you almost like have to take what you can get yep. uh, in, in early days. Yep. So this, uh, for service members, you know, this, this is a way that, you know, for those first few months of the military, you know, the VA, the federal government avoids a ton of unemployment expense mm-hmm. if people land in their, in their first post-military career prior to separating from service. And I guess... Like just just philosophically, like there are there there's this there's this almost like this groundswell happening in the military, and maybe like folks from from your generation <laughs> might might be like, yeah, that that's uh, I don't know if that's true, but um, you know there's this thought that senior folks in the military are starting to have that if people successfully transition from military life, that makes us as an organization so much stronger because we're keeping our promise to service members who sign up and we're going to be able to recruit, you know, the best and brightest young people in America to serve in the military because there is something good waiting for you at the end of that journey. Skirt, skirt. Want to know who has the best URL? Crypto.com. That's right. Crypto.com. They're a crypto platform with one goal, mother mass adoption. 
That's why we're all here. We're trying to get crypto in every wallet. Crypto.com is helping people do that through buying, earning, lending, and card payment. Everything you could want at crypto.com. Go help your boy out. Tell him Pomp sent you. Download the app or visit crypto.com. Pomp's got you always. Ever wanted to get into mining and didn't know how? Don't worry, your boy Pomp's got you. Everybody got some electricity and Wi-Fi. All you gotta do is go to coinmine.com, you buy a coin mine. It's like an Xbox or a PlayStation that helps you turn your electricity into Bitcoin. That's right, you purchase it, it shows up at your doorstep, you pull it out of the box, you plug it in, connect to your Wi-Fi, five minutes or less, you're mining Bitcoin. All you have to do is control it from the mobile app they provide, and then you receive over-the-air updates that add new coins and new features on a consistent basis. Kind of like how Tesla does over-the-air updates and updates the car software. Just you're updating your coin mine. Consumer mining made easy. That's right. Go to coinmine.com, tell them Pomp set you, and thank me later. The, the part to me that... Um always uh, seem to be the, the miscommunication between employers and veterans is uh, all the things that usually make talented yet bad employees bad, right? They show up late. They're not mm. disciplined. Uh, they don't know how to communicate. Like all, all of the, it's like all the soft skills, right? Yeah. If you're really strong at the one technical thing or the one thing that your job requires, but you're bad at everything else, you're usually labeled as a bad employee, <laughs> right? right? Like, no doubt. Like, but, but if you're actually really, really good at everything else and you're not the best technical person, you're not the best at this one skill, everything, all the soft skills can make up for it. And military veterans uh, bring all those soft skills in a way that I think a lot of people uh, either don't or, or they have to work to get there. And it's because the veteran did work to get there. They put, got put through very specific rigid training that kind of produced this thing out, out of that process. Right, yeah, you're, you you consider like these two candidate profiles and it's probably no surprise to you, like some of the roles that we're seeing, like the fastest growth are you know junior BDR, business development type of roles, junior sales development roles. Uh, you know, somebody, you know, who you know, doesn't have a college degree from the military, uh, somebody who's had three to four years of active duty service but that's somebody who's been in a professional work environment for mm -hmm. three to four years, and they've had to show up on time. And six months after they got to their first unit, they were in charge of that person who just got to their unit six days ago and make sure that that person shows up to formation on time. Mm -hmm. So that sounds like, you know, that's not a, a, a ton of responsibility, mm -hmm. but that's, that's, you know, being accountable for somebody else. <laughs> you don't really get that from, from folks who are graduated from college in, in many cases. And so it's just a different profile of a candidate. Yeah. And look, I, I just think you don't even have to go to the lowest level ranks, right? Like just start like a sergeant in the army. It's somebody who most likely has been in the military four to six years, you know, give or take. Uh, they are in charge of anywhere between three to 12 people, depending on, you know, how big their unit is, et cetera. Uh, meaning that they are the team leader or the, the squad leader for three to three to 12 people. That but just think about how crazy that is. Like, like you and I don't think that's uh, that crazy at all, but somebody who's 23 20, years old. 22, 23 years old, yeah. In charge of 12 other people's well-being, their professional development. Well, so this was gonna be my their thing. career goals. It's not just at work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? it's, oh, yeah. it, it, it's what a lot of people don't realize in the military is that it's not just, hey, uh, I need you to do that project. 
you are responsible for every single thing that that person does and their life. So mm. if they have problems with their girlfriend, they call you. <laughs> if they have problems with, I don't have a, a good way to budget and I don't have money for food, you as the sergeant are in charge of that. And so you are not only managing these people in a professional setting, you're managing their lives, all of the craziness that can happen. They may be with you for two months, then they leave and go somewhere else, they're replaced by somebody. It's a very, very kind of chaotic uh, management structure that frankly is much harder than the professional world is, mm. right? Oh yes. And, and it's just, when you just see, hey, this person you know, led a team of 12 people, all you think is like, oh, they did a project together, right? right. Like on a resume. Yep. It, it's just yep. the, the yep. understanding, yep. I think, from the recruiters, um, there's a big miscommunication of what that actually entails. Yeah, I think, in the, and then just uh, you know, take the flip side and maybe speak to the, some of the vets who are listening as well. I, I think that you know, there's this like immense uh, amount of leadership and responsibility that they're, uh, that they're given at a very early age in life. Um, and one of the things that, you know, helps you kind of scale as a leader and to be able to manage 12 people, 24 people when you're 23, 24 years old is like the military has this framework for leadership and they, you know, you sort of guide you at every point as to, you know, these are all the situations that could happen and this is what you're responsible to do, uh, in those situations. And so if you don't have some industry context, it's really easy to, you know, to not not necessarily believe, but to you know, to get tripped up when you're managing a bunch of civilian employees uh, if you don't have that very industry specific context. Mm-hmm. And so that that's the thing that's so important to acquire and to, you know, it's, it's it'd be really hard to jump into uh, a leadership role or a management role, you know, if you haven't one done the job yourself just for a little bit, um, or acquire just a deep amount of industry context and how things actually work in a new part of the workforce. Like, uh, if you had like a new platoon leader come in and, you know, you'd been working at Goldman Sachs or something like that for, for four years. And he's like, yes, I am the, you know, I'm, I'm your boss now, Sergeant. Uh, you'd be like, all right, like, (laughs) (laughs) so there's, there's a little bit of that there, but it's like, there's, there, there's, there's no doubt that there's just this incredible amount of untapped potential exists if you can get people to this place where they have a ton of conviction around, this is who I am, this is my story, this is where I wanna go, this is what I can do for you today, and that's how it maps back to my career aspirations. So that if we get people to that place, uh, they're, they're, they're powerful people. For sure. What, um, any interest that you're seeing from vets as they come out in terms of industries, and then obviously I got asked about Bitcoin and crypto. Oh yeah. Uh, what What are you seeing as you kind of have these conversations with people in, in their early days of exploring leaving the military? Well, I definitely see, and it's you know, it's partially a, a small part of it's from Shift, and but it's also just vets who are thriving out in the ecosystem at, at big technology companies, at startups, vets who have. Um, been entrepreneurs and started their own business, there's this increasing amount of openness to going off the beaten path and you know, thinking that you, know, you have to go into something that really has strong you know, historical veteran recruiting efforts in place. So you do see this openness to, uh, to living in bigger cities. You know, many companies, you know, no matter what you are, are starting to reimagine themselves as technology companies. Mm-hmm. And so certainly seeing like an increased interest around you know understanding that you know which 
roles on the job board might be a great fit to break in. Uh, you know, maybe you're not going to you know, be able to jump directly into product management after the military. Some of us, <laughs> you, 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 you did a few things, but, the, uh, but being on a product team, like in a product operations role or a project manager on a product team, you, know, you, can, you can get that thing that you want in a really short period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that you're, you're seeing uh, much better comprehension around what, what a pathway could look like and less thinking around, you know, the next thing that I do, uh, I've got to commit to, you know, for the next, you know, 15, 20 years of my life. And it's hard to break yourself from that thinking when you just came from one of the biggest enterprises on the planet that, you know, tells you at every single point of your career uh, what you need to do to progress and what you need to do to advance. And so I'm, I'm um, very optimistic with what we're seeing around that's understanding that a career uh, can be pieced together and you can make these exponential gains 18 to 24 months at a time. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like locations uh, and, and cities, like vets and, and the military population, like it looks like America. Like it, it, it's like by far like one of the most diverse workforces on the planet. And so it's people from every city and state, from every walk of life. And when they leave the military, a lot of people want to go home. And so uh, we, we're, you know, we're, we're really focused in major job markets right now that don't have a military presence nearby to expand access to employers and companies there. But you know, we get, you know tons of great people who want to go back into all of these up-and-coming towns in in middle America and all all parts of America. If we can figure this out, I'm going to get a little philosophical around the soapbox for a second, but like, if we can figure this out, this is a huge opportunity for our country. Mm -hmm. Um, For all of these cities, uh, I I look at like, what's the work that's being done in Washington, D.C. with the Rise of the Rest Mm -hmm. Fund, investing in towns like Detroit and Cleveland and Des Moines, um, like, if there's a pathway for vets to be successful in these cities, um, like they'll they'll go back in and for sure. and bring these skills back and and help you know be a small part of revitalizing some of these economies. Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing is that most of their extended family never left, right? So That's they right. joined the military from you know Ohio, Iowa. You know, it, they're like the 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 classic uh, overgeneralized examples, but um, when that happens, their families are still in the same cities that they grew up in. They'd love to go back, but there's no jobs, mm-hmm. right? Or there's not mm-hmm. the jobs that they want, so they go to some major metro, and then they end up traveling back two to four times a year, and just the classic, mm-hmm. you know, draw of the metro. <laughs> right? uh, and then, what about uh, Bitcoin and crypto specifically? Yeah, this is this is one area where we're trying to figure it out because we we do see you know I, I won't call it like a like it's mainstream now it's not it's not a closet community at all like uh, there, there's so many aspects around cryptocurrency and Bitcoin um, and some of the underlying principles uh, really it's like freedom and and and, and the ability to uh, build something from scratch that are super appealing to vets. Now there's uh, there's not really a clear path, and there, and there's not you know with the decentralized nature I think of the ecosystem like there's not necessarily one company that person someone can point to and say like oh if I want to get into crypto I go there. Yeah, so B- I, Bitcoin's I would, not hiring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, from just like some of the interest and preference data that we mm-hmm. see, uh, I think some of the big themes are. Uh, very much an interest in decentralized systems and Bitcoin and crypto. 
a huge interest in remote work because if you've mm-hmm. been sort of told where to live and mm-hmm. where to go for 10 years, you're like, it's time for me to like chart my own course here for, for a little bit. Uh, a, a large interest in um, overseas opportunities or at mm-hmm. least uh, working uh, for, for American companies that have overseas presences. These are people that, you know, this is no big deal to go and like mm-hmm. do a two month deployment it's to fun. Hong Kong. Yeah, it's, it's fun. fun. Yeah, we, it's like, like that's a perk. That's not like the job description says 80% travel and they're like, bingo. <laughs> Sounds good. And so I guess th- those are sort of like the three themes that like we're definitely trying to figure out. So mm-hmm. I would turn around to you and say like if somebody is does have a military background, what are some of the ways that they can get more involved in crypto? What, what are the, some of the great entry points into the ecosystem right now? Yeah, it, it's um, it's weird because there's probably two or three, uh, but they're all hard. Mm. <laughs> um, one is uh, go directly to the companies. There's uh, probably not nearly as many companies that are growing fast and, and going to get big uh, as in some other industries, but the ones that do kind of survive and get big will be very, very big. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, a, um, a attractive draw, but it's just a smaller number of companies. So you got to kind of focus on, on those ones. Um, two is uh, find people like Bitcoin and crypto. Uh, I've never seen the industry where people are so collaborative mm-hmm. and so open to talking. Like, get on Twitter and literally you can DM almost anybody in the community, right? And they will respond and say, "Yeah, no problem. I'd love to. You know, here's my email address. Here, call me. Right? right. You know, whatever." Right. Um, and so I think that that's like a very unique advantage when you're looking for a job. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> right? So it's I got to touch on that in a second. Don't be yeah, shy yeah, to reach out yeah, to people. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the last thing I would say is um, I think that uh, there's a number of veterans that are uh, either in venture capital um, or even in technology companies that uh, it's kind of like when a vet reaches out to you and just says, hey, I'm a vet. Uh, I'm looking to do X. <laughs> It's not your brother who reached out to you, right? right? But it's pretty damn close. Right. So you're just like, yeah. look, whatever I need to do to help you, I will, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, there was people who helped you and, and you kind of oh, yeah. just, it's just like pass it along thing. Um, and so I think that understanding who those people are, and there's a lot of people actually who don't talk a lot about their military service. That's right. Um, but they were veterans uh, and they still have a affinity to help those people, I think is uh, is another kind of third path worth, uh, worth pursuing. Yeah, with the third path, I think it's so important to come in somebody like you or to somebody in crypto with like you're gonna get me like two thousand emails. No, no, no. Now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, in, in someone in the community who's you know come to him with like a specific yes. request though, right? It's not just like hey, like, it's not like hey, I want a job. It's hey, like basically, it's hey, I'm interested in this industry. Here are the things I'm interested in. Here's the things, the work that I've done so far that shows I've looked at these five companies. There's two roles at each company that I think are interesting. Mm-hmm. What do you think about these? And are there other companies I should be looking at that also have similar types of roles? That's right. Like that type of yeah. uh, outreach, I'm 10,000% more likely to help that person. Yeah, 100%. Because it's just like, look, you're not one wasting my time. And two, you've done a bunch of work to yep. make this super efficient for me to be able yep. to be like highly leveraged. Yeah. yeah, help, right? So it's just, it, it's a much, much better way to do it. And then for the second point around Twitter specifically, I think that we are seeing this like revitalization around the usage of LinkedIn. It's still, you know, the vast majority of service members who are active duty, mm-hmm. you know, they're not on LinkedIn, but they're, they're using it in really effective ways right now to understand 
who's in what industry and who might be willing to help. Uh, and so like the level of collaboration that you see there and the, the level of paying it forward uh, is not, not astounding, but it's, it's, it's inspiring. But I think Twitter is like the unfarmed, the the unfarmed soil. <laughs> but but if you but it feels you know if you're new to it, um, and this you know if you're you know joined July of 2019 or August of 2019, like like it feels like there's like a high bar and and to and to break into that and to start having meaningful conversations. But how do you just jump in and? You know, get into the mix. Like, is it, I, I like, think you literally—it's—you've uh, got to participate. Right? right, that's the key. Is if you just sit there and read, no one knows that you're there, and no one ever um, kind of gets involved, yep, right? Yep. And, and it's just really hard to kind of quote unquote break in. But the second that you start replying to people, answering, tweeting, like you know, actually mm-hmm. creating mm-hmm. And, and participating, I think that that's where the the value accrues. And look, there's people who will DM me and they've got 20 followers, right? right. It's, it's not like they're a big yeah. audience, yep. and they just say, "Hey, my name is such and such. Here's what I do, right? This is what I'm trying to do. Can you help me?" Yep. And like, sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. Why not? Exactly. All right. I'll give someone for the audience to, to I'll give a shout out to somebody where you can send requests to. So Hector Rosecrans. Okay. Who's he, that? Uh, so he's a guy, a uh, fellow Navy vet who he was in banking for a while. Um, and he was emailing me a couple years around, ago around like, you know, I really want to get into crypto roles. I'm super, super interested in this. Uh, let's see. Uh, R-O-S-E-K-R-A-N-S. Uh, sorry, Hector, uh, but I, I got to give you a shout out. So uh, one word there. Oh, all right. We're looking him up online right. right now. I'm yep. going to go stalk him. There he is. Oh, there you go. I'm going to give him a follow. He follows me. Nice. There you go. Bitcoin right. freedom. Perfect. <laughs> Hector, you're, you're, you're my boy already. You didn't even know it. Okay, cool. Well, I, I, yeah. So that's, that's the guy, you know, you don't want to necessarily talk to Pomp, who's like, you know, 10 steps ahead of you. You want to talk to Hector, who just made this, this career shift and is like, you know, like a growing member of the community and he can give you his playbook. So I, I completely agree. And the other piece of this too, I think is, um, you know, uh, somebody asked me recently, uh, I was recording a podcast with them and they said, uh, what's your life motto? Mm. Right. And, uh, I, for a long time, I never told, uh, people this publicly, but, um, I actually think that it's worth saying publicly because it, uh, it really, I think balances the line between like a personal motto and then veterans really uh, kind of, I think, um, understand it, which is just no fucking fear. Like <laughs> any situation, just no fucking fear, right? right? Like you literally in any situation, I do not care. Yep, we're going to do no it. Fucking we're going to do it live here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, just, and just go, right? And sure, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to say things you didn't mean to say, whatever, but just no fucking fear. Yep. And I think that that is the perfect motto for somebody who like, I need to find a job. What do I do? I get onto this new platform, Twitter. Mm-hmm. I have no clue how it works. Like, just fucking let it rip. That's right. Right? right? A, be yourself. You can always delete and, the tweets. <laughs> yeah, just like be yourself, right? And and what's going to happen is like the people who don't want to hear from you or who don't like agree with you or whatever, they're going to go away. They're going to self-filter out. They're That's not right. going to follow you. They're not going to participate. No worries. But the people who are agreeing with you are going to be, you're going to be like a magnet, right? Yes. They're going to, they're going to be attracted to you. Yep. And so it's just, just be yourself. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that people are just so scared, but you don't need to be. Yeah. Ultimately, I think, you know, you have to maintain sight of the goal is to find your people, right? And if you're authentic and you're yourself, your people are going to find you. That's a powerful thing. I completely agree. Where, um, where can people go find out more about uh, shift or a shift.org? 
mission awesome URL. <laughs> mission driven org trying to uh, reinvent the way that vets change careers and find traction in their first part of their post military life. And then your Twitter account is what? Just Mike Slay, M I K E S L A G H. That's it. On uh, on Twitter there. So uh, look, you uh, you're killing it. I'm a huge fan. Keep going. Shift.org. Please go check them out. If you're an employer, go hire some veterans. If you're a veteran, go uh, go get signed up so that uh, you can get a job and uh, and move on with your life. But I uh, appreciate all the work you're doing, and thanks so much for coming to do this. Good to go, Pomp. Appreciate the opportunity. Hey, everyone. Pomp here. If you like this episode of Off the Chain and want to help us take crypto to the top of the Apple, Spotify, and other podcast charts, please do us a favor and rate, review, and subscribe. To review, simply go to the Off the Chain homepage, scroll down until you see the five blank stars. Taking 15 seconds to fill those stars in and leave a quick review goes a long way in helping us take the entire crypto ecosystem to the top of the charts. I appreciate you listening and see you next time on Off the Chain.